Jesus. We thank you for your presence in this place. And Lord, we thank you that we are set free by your presence. As your word declares, because of the anointing, the yoke is destroyed. And Lord, it matters not what opposition we face. It matters not what is trying to attach itself to our lives, whether it's a yoke, whether it's a burden. Because of your presence, because of the wonderful life and the power of your presence, that burden, that yoke, that thing that's trying to attach itself to people's lives this morning is destroyed in your presence because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We believe it, we declare it, and we give you praise for it this morning. Because you love us, you do not want any one of us to be bound, held back, or bent over with any kind of mental burden or mental oppression. You want every one of us to be strong in your grace and in your favor and to know this wonderful abundance of life that you have come to give us. Lord, I thank you that in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand, treasures forevermore. So Lord, I pray that every person this morning under the sound of my voice, Lord, would know your voice over my voice, the voice that sets free, the voice that brings healing, the voice that brings liberty and deliverance, the voice that brings strength where there is weakness. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that your voice, your tender whisper would be picked up this morning in the hearts of your people. And Lord, freedom, freedom would reign over our lives in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, let's give him another praise in anticipation for his word this morning. And we'll thank our musicians as well. Amen. Well, I really felt this morning, you know, that um, the Holy Spirit wants to take this service in a specific direction. I wonder this morning how you've come into this place. I wonder if your heart is heavy. I wonder if you've had a hard week. I wonder if there's things that are troubling your mind. You know, if there's things that are trying to, like I prayed, if there's things that are trying to attach themselves to your life and pull you back and, and hold you down, God has a word for you this morning to encourage you and not just a word for you to hear with your ear, but a word of power to set you free and make you strong so that you can go on to be everything that he's called you to be in this new week ahead of you. When you hit Monday morning running, God wants you to have the strength of his life within you to get up and be the, the light and the life and the example that he's created you to be. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be above and not beneath. You may have come into this place on the tail end of life, 
But by the end of what God's going to do in your life this morning, as we talk and give attention to his word, not my word, as we pay attention to his word, you're going to leave this place not on the tail end of life, but at the head of life because he's a good God and he loves you. You're not going to be beneath in your mind's eye and in your heart and in your attitude because the life and the love of God is going to burn in you in a fresh way. You're going to be above and not beneath, just like the Bible says. Isaiah said to, to people that were languishing and being held down and, and bound by circumstances in life, he encouraged them. He said, you're going to run and not grow weary. You're going to walk and not grow faint. You're going to rise up with eagle's wings and soar on the adversities of life. I tell you something now, if we had to go around this room and list some of the issues that are trying to hold us back, we would be surprised. There's a very real spiritual world that's invisible that wants to oppose, wants to press you down, wants to hold you back. But I'm telling you now, when the enemy comes, Isaiah said, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises a standard against him. And you might feel that invisible, oppressive presence of the enemy breathing down your neck. And it's, it's got you worried, like Faye said. It's got you anxious. But I'm telling you now, the Holy Spirit is here to raise up a standard and enable you to go on through and press forward into everything that God's got for you. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. He said, the enemy has come. The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose, my intention, my objection, when it, objective when it comes to your life is to give you life in all of its fullness so that you can rule and reign over every circumstance. It doesn't mean to say that life's going to be easy. It's not. But we are, we are called to reign in life. We really are. Not by some self-strength or some, you know, personal motivational talk that we have with ourselves on a Monday morning to pick ourselves up off the floor. No, by the very life, the very presence, and the very power of God working in us. It's a, it's a reality. It's a very real thing that God wants us to be enriched by his presence. Maybe it's, and we've said this before, but maybe it's sickness in your body. We're going to keep believing that you're going to get strong. We're going to keep believing that that, that uh, diagnosis is going to change. We're going to keep believing with you. You're not going to back off and retreat into a corner of fear. You're going to come out of that corner fighting and believing God every step of the way. And we're going to be behind you praying and confessing and believing that you're going to have long life. That's what the Bible says. God says to his people, with long life will I satisfy you and show you the wonders of my salvation. That's what he does when we're sick. He shows us the wonders of his salvation in saving us. And every one of us, I certainly have experienced this. I'm telling you now, I have experienced God's healing power in my body. I had an eight-year condition in my body that, that the doctors, all the doctors could do, and I thank God for doctors. 
But all the doctors could do was give me a tube of steroid cream and, and offer me little advice. All they said was, you're going to be on this steroid cream for the rest of your life, son. And then one night, God, the Holy Spirit came into my room in a little whisper and set me free of an eight-year condition that I couldn't do anything about, no doctor could do about, but Jesus could do something about. He's so good. He loves us. He doesn't want us struggling with those, those ailments and those sicknesses and, and, and those conditions, those mental conditions that sometimes try to hold us back. Why do you think they visit your door? Because there's a real enemy that wants to hold you back. There's a real enemy that wants to keep you under his heel. I'm telling you now, he's got no right to hold you any longer under his heel. He's under your foot. You're not under his foot. I'm telling you now, God is good. God is good and he loves us. And, and whether it's sickness that you're, you're dealing with, we're together in it. If it's sickness, then we will pray against it. We will pray for one another. If it's a mental battle, we're in it together. You're not in it on your own. We are there together to defeat that thing, to bring you on through into all of the fullness of freedom that Jesus has for you. Some of us have come in this place, some of us have come in this place this morning like I have come into this place many, many times in my life. I, I tell you now, I could, write, I could write an encyclopedia on this stuff, just like some of you could. I've come into this place many times in my life, fearful, backing off, held under by, by, by you know, an, an opposing power, retreating. I've come into this place in, in many, many different conditions over the years. But I'm telling you now, you come into the presence of God. You hear the word of God applied directly to your situation. And you leave a different person. You really do. I can remember getting up every Sunday morning. And the first waking thought in my mind was this. Oh my God, I can't go to church again. <laughs> Imagine having that every Sunday morning. You probably know the feeling. Every Sunday morning, my God. I'm, I'm, actually, I may have had it this morning. No, only joking. Only joking. But you know what? Oh, my God. Not Sunday again. I don't want to go to church. Not because of anything within the church that would make me feel bad. Just because there was an opposing power that was aggressively attacking me, wanting to hold me down, wanting to keep me out of God's family. And I, I cried to God one day. I said, God, what is this? Every morning as I wake up on a Sunday morning, there's just an onslaught, a mental battle. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, when everything feels wrong, keep doing what you know is right. You know, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints together. Don't forsake it. Don't leave it. The answer and the blessing is, is when we come together with one another, there's something that happens in that corporate gathering of believers. Deliverance comes. Freedom comes. And I just kept going. I just kept coming to church even when it felt wrong. I kept doing what I knew was right. And God broke me free through that that season. You just, sometimes you just got to grit your teeth, persevere, and carry on headlong. Grit your teeth. Make your decision. 
Don't back off. Don't back off. Keep going. Stay strong. I've come into this, this place many times and have been blessed and have been delivered by a word, by a, by a song, by somebody within the congregation just coming up to me and asking me, how are you doing? Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but God drew me to you today to encourage your heart. And suddenly it sets your, your course off into the next season. And he enables you to keep walking, to keep running and not growing weary. I remember there was one such occasion when uh, in the afternoon I, I was talking to my father who was ministering in Ireland at the time. And uh, I rung my dad up. I needed some advice. And I, and I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I'm in a really difficult place in my life. I was about 19, I think, or maybe, maybe mid-20s, actually. Mid-20s. I was in my mid-20s. And I said these words to my father. I said, Dad, I'm confused. No, I'm not. I'm in turmoil. I was at a crossroads in my life. I had to make a decision, and I didn't know what decision to make. I said, I said Dad, I don't know if I want to get married or go to Bible school. Now, that's a crossroads right there. I couldn't get married because Faye wasn't about. But I was really at a difficult place, in turmoil, struggling. I wanted to go to Bible school. But, but I was pulled in different directions, not knowing what to do or where to turn. Dad, I'm confused. No, I'm not. I'm in turmoil, and like a good dad, he gave me advice. He said, son, you need a word from God. And you know, I needed that little voice, that little voice that has helped me so many times, that little voice that's been so faithful when I've been unfaithful, that little voice that's so perfect, so true, so clear, so bright, the voice, the whisper of the Holy Spirit, the counselor that will tell you and instruct you and give you guidance. Well, that night we had a prayer, we had a prayer concert in this church. Dale will remember it. Suzette Hattin. Remember that, Dale? Suzette Hattin was here and she was Reinhard Bonker's uh, intercessor. She was like, like really good at praying, right? And uh, I was coming down, and I was living in Ebervale at the time, and I had all of this stuff going on. I don't know what direction to take in my life. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I want to go to Bible school, but my aunt wants to get married. Well, I haven't got a wife, and I don't know what to do. Crying. And as I was, I'm telling you now, as I was coming down um, through cross keys in my two-liter white laser capri. Yeah. I was coming down. I couldn't even afford to put petrol in it. Right? But it looked good. So anyway, I'm driving my two-liter laser capri, white, and um, I'm coming through cross keys on the bypass. Right? And 
I'm, I'm, I try to be as honest as I can. I'm in the car, and I said, uh, I, I didn't know much about Suzette Adding. I said this to God out loud in the car, because you do, you, you, you say things like this to God when you're on your own. I said, God, speak to this woman tonight, if you can. Ooh, bit naughty, bit naughty. And then, I, and then, listen now, the next bit is even better. I laughed in disbelief. <laughs> That's the scene. But you see, God can even be sat in the passenger seat of a two-liter laser white Capri on the bypass in Cumbran, uh, Cross Keys. He can be sat next to you. You're unaware of, of him listening. You're unaware of the audience and the presence that, that you're in. And anyway, I forget it and come here and everything's fine. And I've got my little guitar on the side because I used to play the guitar. And I'm just playing and this concert kicks off, right? And this lady starts praying for people. And, you know, she starts, and then she starts giving these words, about people's lives. There's somebody here tonight, and this is the issue. There's somebody here tonight, and this is the issue. And there's somebody here tonight. I mean, and it's like she's reading people's mail, right? And she don't know anything about it. I'm over here with the guitar thinking, oh man, she's just making that up. <laughs> Serious. Yeah, she just, she just, she's just guessing. That's what she's doing. Just to, just to make it look good. She said, you know, she said, there's somebody here with this. And then, but then people started putting their hands up. And they're crying. <laughs> it's me. And then she prays for them, right? Stuff happens. I mean, this is like, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting a bit freaked out now. And then all of a sudden, she says, there's a young man here tonight. She said, you're confused. No, you're not. You're in turmoil. <laughs> oh, my God. I tell you what, I just put my head down and just carried on playing. <laughs> Young man, she said, whoever you are, the call of God's on your life. You're going to be a pastor. You don't need to be confused. You don't need to be in turmoil. The peace of God comes to you right now. And he's going to direct you and he's going to take you forward into everything he's got planned for you. Who is that young man? Put your hand up right now. I'm telling you now, I kept my hands down, man. <laughs> Serious. There's no way my hand's going up there. No chance. I knew the conversation I'd had with God in the car. I knew I'd laughed in his face in disbelief. I don't believe that God can do this. I don't believe that God can do that. And suddenly, he was speaking to me. I'd come in one way. I was in turmoil. I was in fear. I was confused. And suddenly, the word of God through this wonderful woman of God was addressing me and helping me and, and setting my course for the next season of my life. I had my word from God. It didn't make things easy, but on from there, step by step, God helped me. I'm telling you now, if he cares for somebody like me, he cares for you. If I can't be separated from his love, neither can you. 
He's got a word for you. You don't have to carry that heavy load anymore, that confusion, that conflict, that turmoil. And that's what I've come to say this morning. God wants to give you his peace, his peace, and you're going to have it. You may have come into this place full of anxiety. You may have come into this place with various fears. You may have come into this place and all of your feelings are mixed up inside. But you're going to leave this place in a very different way. The Lord has instructed me to give you this verse and this is how you're going to leave and something's going to happen in the next few moments inside you that's going to enable you to leave in a different way in which you've come in. And it's this from Isaiah 55 verse 12. It says this, For you shall go out with joy and be led out or be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you and the trees of the fields shall clap their hands you may have come into you may have come in here this morning with a heavy heart you may have come in here this morning sorrowful fearful depressed like i have many times but you are going to you're going to experience the transforming power of the holy spirit telling you now in your emotions, in your mental well-being, and in in your body, and you are going to leave this place with a new joy, a new expectation, a new hope that's not in some, like I say, not in some, you know, man-made concocted statement to make you feel good, but in the very words of God. And peace is going to lead you. Peace is going to guide you. Peace is going to be your teacher and your instructor. I loved what James said this morning. He said, I woke up in a panic, but there was somebody at the end of my bed waving his hand, telling me not to panic. And then, not knowing who it was, then down in that chapel, he sees a picture of the man that he had seen at the end of his bed. Who was it? Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I'm telling you now, you may be in a panic this morning, but when the Prince of Peace stands at the end of your bed, calling you into your future, there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to fear, because he's with you and in you. He really is. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 to verse 16. Paul the Apostle knew that fear, anxiety, strife and difficulty and circumstance very often tries to take hold of us and, and hold us down. But this is his advice to the church and to us this morning in God's presence He says this, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Maybe we need to ask the question today, what have we allowed to rule in our hearts? Solomon said, 
Above all else, guard your heart, for from it flow the issues of life. What we allow to rule in our hearts, what we allow in the privacy of our own life, in our emotions, and in the very center of our soul, that becomes the very outflow, the very experience, and the very manifestation of our lives. And Paul, knowing this, says, one thing, let the peace of God rule. And not only let the peace of God rule, let the word of Christ dwell within you in all of its wisdom and in all of its fullness. Let it rule. It's an act of the will. It's an act of decision and determination. And very often, various things through the, through the mediums around us try to come in and infiltrate and get right into the core and into the center of our heart and our life and our mind. And it's these things that pull us down very often. It's these things that want to drag us back. We've been looking, you know, over, or last week we started looking at the children of Israel and how they were at the border of their promised land. And they backed off from entering into the promised land with, because 10 of the spies said, we are unable to go up. We are unable to go into this new blessing. We are unable to go into this promised land that God has set out before us. Even though God has said he will be with us, we are unable to do what God is telling us to do. There was only two that turned around and says, listen, we're well able. We're well able to do this. God's for us. Their protection's down. We're ready to go into all of the territories before us. This is our inheritance. We are well able. But 10, the confession of 10 spies held back over 2 million people from entering their promise. Why? Because their hearts weren't ruled by the peace of God. They didn't trust in the one that had spoken so clearly to them. If we are going to, throughout this year, walk into everything that the Lord has for us, we need that spirit where we say we're well able. We're well able to go forward. We're well able to enter into what God puts before us. Well able. Not unable, but well able. If that's going to be the case, we're going to need to let the peace of God rule in our heart. Just like Paul says. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. What is he saying? He's saying, well, let the peace of God have the final decision. Let it have the final decision regarding your life. Every one of us have come to situations in our lives that require choices, decisions to make. And on the basis of those decisions, our future unfolds. And sometimes we, we face big choices and we don't know what to do. Well, it's in those moments where we need access to this peace. It really is. When Paul spoke about the peace of God ruling in our hearts, that word rule means this, let it take control. Let 
its voice be the final deciding factor at the table of life. This word rule means let the peace of God be the umpire. That's what the word, tra- that's what the word rule is translated from the Greek. It's the word umpire. And in Paul's day, like our day, the umpire brings clarity between two teams that are confused, especially on a football field or a cricket match or some sporting activity. When two teams are in disagreement, it's the umpire or the referee that brings a final decision as to a confusing matter, brings order, brings clarity. Paul says, let the peace of God be the umpire in the circumstances that you face, in the choices that you make. And that peace, as it becomes the umpire and the ruler and the director of your decisions in your life, will enable you to be fruitful and to walk forward into what God has for you. If you have no peace, don't make the decision that you're intending to make. Just because it looks good. Just because it seems like an offer that can't be missed. If there's a, a lack of peace that's propelling you, that's enabling you to go forward, don't just go ahead and step forward into that in your own strength. No, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God doesn't just want us to have the peace that this world offers. He wants us to have perfect peace. And I never for- I'll never forget the occasion where this became a very real reality in my life. When I was grappling with fear one day, I was pushing Daniel, my son, in a park in Cumbran. Early morning, we used to get up. And uh, before his nursery, it was sometimes I'd be up 6.30 in the morning in the summer days, and we'd go down to the park. He'd love it. He'd be up early. We'd go down to the park, and I'd be pushing him on the swing. He'd be smiling and laughing. And on this one particular day, I was struggling with, I don't know, man, just with fear. And, and there's just sometimes there's a very real, aggressive, oppressive presence that's trying to resist you as a believer, as a follower of Christ. And it was one of those days. And I, I was just crying out to God, God, I need your peace. I tell you, you don't realize how precious peace is until it goes. And uh, I was crying out to God, God, I need peace inside. And I, I tell you, I just heard that whisper again of the Holy Spirit say, I'm not going to give you peace. And man, to get a response like that when you're crying out to God, it's almost like a, a, hopeless, a hopeless situation. He said, I'm not going to give you peace. I said, what do you mean? You're not going to give me peace? He said, no, I'm going to give you perfect peace. 
I'm going to give you perfect peace. Jesus said that he would give us peace, not as this world gives us, that, that can be taken and, and broken, and one minute it can be there, and then another minute it goes, and it's as temporal as the circumstances and as the day in which we live. No, he, he hasn't come to give us temporal peace. He's come to give us long-lasting, perfect peace. I said, oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this perfect peace. He said, now focus your mind on me. Stay your mind. Stop allowing your mind to go over here and over there and pick up this and pick up that. No wonder you're divided by fear. No wonder you're anxious. No wonder you're falling apart and crying to me. Now, come on. All right, Lord. See, he's not going to do all of the work for us. You've got to discipline your mind. You've got to take control. The Bible says, pick up the loins of your mind. Pick them up. Renew your mind. These are all things that we have to attend to in order to enter this perfect peace. It really is. Perfect peace. Philippians 4 verse 6 to verse 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, prayer is the path to peace. Life will put you on, its, on your knees. The enemy will breathe down your neck and he'll drive you to your knees and, and he'll cause you to cry out to God. But prayer is the path to peace. And when you pray and when you cry out in your anxious state, when you pray and you cry out like David did when he called on the name of the Lord because he was fearful, the Lord answered him and delivered him from all of his fears and gave him peace. Be anxious for nothing. Remember reading that? I thought, my God, this is ridiculous. How on earth can you live a life anxious for nothing? Well, of course, without Jesus, it's impossible. Without Jesus, there is no possible possibility of that ever happening. But with Jesus, you can live worry-free, anxious-free, and just give it and cast it your anxiety and your burden on him. Paul said this peace that passes understanding is a peace that guards our heart. It guards our mind. It's like a garrison of soldiers around your mind, stopping every predator from coming in and troubling you. It guards your heart and it guards your mind. The Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace, Jesus, is the only one that can give us this needed ingredient for successful, blessed living. I'm telling you now, it's no accident that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. It's no accident at all. I'm going to ask James to come. We're going to close in a moment and we're going to pray. We're going to pray today. 
You may be anxious in your heart. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. You can ask Dale and Paul to join with me, and we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to believe that the peace of God that passes understanding is going to remove all the fear and the worry and the oppression that may be trying to hold you back. God's going to do something. He's going to give you His peace, and that's everything. Prince of Peace. Just in closing, in Mark chapter 4 and chapter 5, you see a situation or situations of life, great panic, great panic, trouble. And without Jesus coming into the center of those situations, they would have remained hopeless. The end of Mark chapter 4, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples, and then they're in the middle of a storm. And Jesus is sleeping. You see, he's in a place of peace. He's in a place of knowing the security of his father. He told his disciples to go to the other side. He had a meeting with a man. An appointment to keep that his father had directed him to. And he's going to the other side, but in the middle of getting there, there's a tremendous storm. One like these disciples, seasoned fishermen, had never seen. And then they're in the middle of it. The boat is breaking apart, sinking. They feel that they're going to perish and they're panicking like we would all do. And they run down and they wake Jesus up. And they said, teacher, don't you care? We're perishing. Don't you care about us? And Jesus stands up. And he has access to another realm. A realm that many of us know little about, really. The realm of kingdom. The kingdom of God. The realm of power, where no circumstance can break it apart. Jesus is confident, stands to his feet, and just looks around and says, peace, be still. He speaks to the wind. He speaks to the wave, and everything comes under the control of his word, of his command. Where there's disorder, he brings order. I love it. You know, sometimes you look and you see all of the politicians in the House of Commons. And then the Lord of the Commons stands up, bangs his hammer on the desk. And there's noise and there's chaos and there's argument. He bangs his hammer on the desk and he says, order! And there's silence. Because his voice has rule above every other voice. Listen, that's nothing. That's a pale comparison in, 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 in reflection of who Jesus is. When he speaks, everything comes into order. Everything comes under the power of his word. And as he stood up, 
He brings order on that lake. And the disciples, it says, were terrified. You would be. I'm telling you, I would have been in there. My, my knees would have been knocking. They were absolutely terrified. And they said, who on earth is this? There are dimensions of Jesus' life that we know nothing about. We read the Bible, we think we know Jesus. I'm telling you now, there are, dyna- there are dimensions and aspects of Jesus as God in the flesh, as the King enthroned on high that we have no understanding about. He is glorious. He is holy. He is awesome. He is awesome. He is indescribable. And the disciples got a little, a little understanding, a little glimpse just a little tiny glimpse into his lordship on that night when he stood up on that boat. I'm telling you, he's your Lord. He's your Savior. He's the one that's declared, I will never leave you or forsake you. He won't. And when he says, peace, I tell you now, everything has to come under the power of that word. They get to the other side. See, these two, well, the end of, the end of uh, Mark chapter 4 and into Mark chapter 5, it's all about the manifestation of the Prince of Peace walking and moving in people's lives. He gets to the other side and there's a guy there and he's, he's been living in a graveyard. Imagine that. For years breaking chains. They tried to bind him to try and restrain him, keep him under control. And he broke the chains. He ripped his clothes off, running around the countryside like a naked madman, beating up people as they passed. A violent man, uncontrolled. And he comes face to face with Jesus. And Jesus casts everything out of that man that was trying to destroy him and everybody around him. And suddenly the Bible says that he was in his right mind and clothed. And do you know what Jesus said? Now go home. Go and tell your family about the goodness of God in your life. That's what peace can do. That's what the Prince of Peace can do. And then as he sails, he leaves that man. That man goes through 10 cities proclaiming the goodness of God. A new life changed forever. Jesus gets to the other side of the lake. A man, a ruler of a synagogue, runs up to him. His daughter, who's 12 years old, is in the grip of death. No peace. Falls at Jesus' feet. Jesus, please come to my home. Jesus is on his journey and then suddenly a woman reaches out A woman who was bleeding for 12 years reaches out, touches the hem of his garment. Suddenly, she is healed. Jesus turns around and says, who's touched me? And the story of this woman, the history of this woman was this. She had had no peace for 12 years. She was bleeding every moment and every second of every day. She'd suffered at the hands of many doctors. They'd experimented on her. They took all of her money. And the Bible says at the end of that 12-year adventure with all of these various physicians, she grew worse. 
telling you, you can look through this world and try and find the answer. There isn't any answer. There's only one answer, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. We know it, church. We know it. And she falls down. And she said, it's me that's touched you. She was afraid. She thought she'd done something wrong. She thought she was going to get told off for taking hold of the power of God that healed her and stopped her blood immediately. Jesus said, what did he say? He said, your faith has made you well, daughter. Now go in peace. Peace. She hadn't had peace for 12 years, but suddenly she touched the Prince of Peace. And everything, everything came to order in her life. That which was disorderly, that which was draining her very life came into order, came into alignment with his word. He can calm an ocean. He can set free a demoniac man who's deranged in his mind. He can stop blood from flowing that this world has no antidote for. And then Jairus comes to him and it's all too late. He's received word that his daughter had died. Don't bother the prince of peace. Don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter has died. Jesus hears it. And he goes into that bedroom. And he says, daughter, arise. He takes her hand. You see, he can go even beyond the confines of life into death. We can't, but he can. We've heard it this morning from James's mouth. He can even deliver us from the grips and the throes of death. And he raised that girl to life as if she was just sleeping. And on he goes. There is no limit. There is no boundary. There is no circumstance. There is no issue that he cannot come into. What is it today that you've come into this place with? Grappling, being held back by what is it today? Or it may be a member in your family that you, that you want to stand in for. That you want to call out to God for. He'll do it. He'll be the Prince of Peace like he's always been. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. And as we do, we're just going to open the front here. And today, if you need prayer. You need us to pray for you. You need this peace that the, that the Holy Spirit has been talking about. I want you to come forward. We're going to pray. Or it may be a loved one. It may be a friend, you know, that's traumatized, that's oppressed, that's just in this, this dark season. We're going to pray together. We're going to join with your faith. And believe that God is going to do something. That's right, Daniel. Come on, mate. Is there anybody else? Just stand to our feet. We're in this together. We are in this together. I'm going to ask Dale to come and Paul to come. 
and we're going to lay hands on you and we are going to believe we are in this together. And listen, let's not spectate this morning. If one of your friends is here, somebody you've come with, come and stand alongside them and pray with them. And we are going to believe that the Lord is going to bring his peace, that you're going to go out with joy, that you're going to be led forth with peace. And those very mountains that stood in your way are going to break forth and sing before you. Amen. We're going to sing. Hallelujah. That's it, James. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you right now. Right across this place. Your presence, your peace. Thank you, Jesus. We do not deserve your goodness. But because of your love, you lavish it on us. Right now, Lord, right across this place in Jesus' name. Like an ocean, like a blanket, let your peace come. Wash away, Jesus, any mental turmoil, any confusion. Just wash it away. In Jesus' name we pray.